Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Fashion Lab, the first fashion business radio show to go live in the world. My name is Liz Ogumba Regis Ford, and on today's show, we will be having another conversation around uh, the African fashion overview of 2016. We are obviously talking to a few different fashion industry professionals around the African diaspora, and I look forward, and I hope you look forward to uh, some interesting conversations and insights. Now, Fashion Lab is the first, uh, obviously, um, we are the radio show that ignites conversations around businesses behind fashion in the continent. And in our lab, we obviously focus on the different aspects and elements and dynamics of the fashion industry in Africa to provide a platform where we can grow and where we can develop the fashion industry. Um, sitting with me in studio today is my co-host, Morwick Peterson. Good afternoon, everyone. And before we even go further, his hair is down. I'm not supposed to say that, but could you just describe what you're wearing? You look really suave. Thank you so much, um, Liz, and a happy new year to all our listeners. Um, my hair is, is down, Liz, because you know that sometimes it has to go under treatment, so it's under treatment and it's 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 down. Um, but um, the ensemble that I put on today is just um, you know, like a chino um, formal red pants with a floral dark purple black um tuxedo jacket on and a red tie but i must say you're looking um, you're looking quite um gorgeous as always lizzie and i see you're doing some prints <laughs> i'm an african child who loves prints and colors so obviously i'm wearing my uh, one of my beautiful maxi skirts i think it's a maxi day today so covering up <laughs> and everything i love i love the hairstyle and feeling too elegant. i love the hairstyle but thank, too but thank you thank you more now obviously um we would like to encourage you who are listening to also share with us what uh, subject matters you'd like to hear us dissect this year and you can feel free to join in on our conversations by sending us tweets around what you envision for the african fashion industry in 2016 keep your tweets coming at fashion lab af this is where we are holding it down every thursday 1 to 2 p.m. Central Africa time. Keep it locked. Now, before we get into the show, I just also want to quickly remind you of our very fun segment. This is my favorite segment of the show, <laughs> and it's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So I'd love to also hear from you. Uh, keep your tweets or, uh, coming again or in stars as well, because obviously we care about the visuals. And show, show off what, who you want to dress and why. Maybe it's a Absolutely. good reason. Maybe it's a bad reason. Um, and moving back to the show, obviously, we will be di- discussing our overview um, of where we see African fashion in 2016. This is our part two series, and we're getting different viewpoints from some of our really cool uh, fashion friends or fashion professionals uh, from the diaspora. We'll be talking to Estefano Barta Samuel and Judith Matola of Fashion Mentor. Uh, and we will also be dis- uh, discussing this, uh, com- having these conversations with fashion designer duo Raf Tang, uh, which is Bridget Pickering and Ludwig Bosch. So remember, this is the Fashion Lab on Cliff Central. We are live every Thursday, 1 to 2 p.m. And uh, I want to just jump straight into the pool. <laughs> Morwick, are you coming? <laughs> Absolutely. But but before we go on, Liz, I just wanted to, to find out... Um, what is your thoughts on our billboard? It, it's very exciting, you know, that we have a billboard out, you know, that gives um, 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 more insight to who we are and Fashion Lab. And just driving past it on the M1, it's like, wow, that's listen up. You know what? I don't want to say it. But no, I, don't tell I, me you haven't seen the billboard, Liz. Can we just talk about this after the show? Yes. <laughs> like, can Let's we talk about it? Back. Can we go together and can yes. we see it? But Let's it's it's definitely a good uh, a good initiative, and obviously, um, 
Thanks to Tim, who was the photographer for that billboard shoot. Absolutely. And uh, thanks to Outdoor Media Outdoor Network Media and well. Cliff Central as well. And obviously Cliff, Cliff Central. Um, so uh, we want to engage um, Bridget um, and Ludwig, who are from Raftang. And we obviously are going to also be talking to Estefano from New York and uh, Judith, who are also running some really interesting fashion campaigns. But um, what are your thoughts, um, Morwick? Because obviously it'd be nice for the listeners to pick your mind um, yeah. a bit on what you envision for the continent. This the year overview for the overview for 2014. I think 2016. Liz, sorry, 2016. <laughs> please forgive me. It's my Someone's in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> it's my notes. I'm so sorry. When you look at um, the predictions and um, statistics, Liz, of what is predicted for 2040 is for the African fashion industry to become um, world class, you know, to become a pit stop where um, Africa no longer looks at the rest of the globe, but the globe is now looking at Africa for inspiration, you know, when it comes in terms of production and manufacturing, you know, we are very busy and growing um, that part of the industry, you know, for everything to come right back um, to Africa. So I think even this year where we're going to, and as they said, that fashion has again contributed over 14, 14 to 15% on on the GDP, which means that we play a big role. So I think this year, again, you know, especially in terms of manufacturing, there is more big international um, retailers that's coming and coming onto the African um, continent. So I think it's going to be quite an exciting year for the fashion African um, industry in, in Africa. Yeah, it's, um, it's very cool. I obviously shared some of uh, the, things that I was looking forward to this year um, last week on the show but one of the other things I also realized more is there's no not really much recording of what uh, the fashion industries contribute to uh-huh. a lot of other African countries yeah, economy yeah, yeah. Um, you know if you google this stuff or you look it, there's hardly anything that's recorded and I think that for us to also be able to get ahead as the fashion industry we're going to have to start doing some serious work. Only South Africa do I ever see coming up when yeah, we're looking for yeah. sort of what um, it's been able to contribute um, mm-hmm. through the fashion industry into the economy. But I think that that's also going to be uh, a way forward because then once you record this stuff, you can actually look and track the staff and, rea- and, and see what's working, what's not, and be able to compare what happened last year. What did we achieve? What did we export? What did we... Uh, you know, what did it contribute to the economy yeah. and compare notes. So I just realized that that's another thing that might be able to help us get ahead because yeah. right now we're working on dead space. It's just Absolutely. Like but, but Liz, when you look at it in, in last year in December, um, the last fashion week where Mozambique had their first uh, massive big fashion week and Somalia also came in with um, their very first um, fashion week. I, I think it's, it's really growing and, you know, people are understanding and promoting more um, and speaking about the business um, behind fashion and the importance of, you know, for us to move forward and also to be one of the contributors. Because when you look at the overall contribution um, of, you know, fashion within um, the globe, Africa is a big key player. That's why it is predicted that in 2040 that, um, you know, stuff is really going to change and everyone is going to be here. So... Um, I, I think for me that we are on the right track and, and it's absolutely true what you're saying. We need to um, 
capture more of numbers to know exactly where how have we, we been, doing. how we're doing yeah, and what so is what going on. Yeah, because you just hear billions, billions, billions. But again, or as you know, but you don't no even one hear sees the billions. Yeah. Yes. So no, I I totally agree with that. Um, in, 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 and in terms of 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 retailers and and growing. You know, I think too, it has to be more pushed that, you know, um, big, um, departmental stores like, um, your Stadifits really start introducing and taking in more African fashion designers, you know, and starting to work with local so we can at least see that our stuff is also being exported to the rest of the world via these big um, departments. Instead of us waiting for Macy's to come into um, Africa or for Nordstrom's to come in here and take on, um, you know, local African fashion designers, why must we wait, you know, for international um, retailers to come, you know, to enter onto the African continent and then uh, yeah, you take know, on and like you say designers. that more just to um Roger just to add on to that is it's actually a pity. But Absolutely. I still also think that um if the way around this is gonna be that other big department stores like Macy's might then penetrate the continent before local department stores like Stardefords chew or take up more um, African brands It's going to be a shame But sometimes You've got to go A different direction To so be right able now, to right now Is it just back to Edgis That you can say Really stocks Local African fashion designers On a, on a very large scale <sighs> Um, I know that with Edgar's, like Lucilla has been on the show and she spoke about the deal with uh, South Africa Fashion Week and making sure their di- designers are actually on that platform. But I think before we go on, let's just plug in Estefanos, um, who's uh, actually available. Um, Estefanos is uh, originally from Ethiopia, but he's based in New York. And uh, I want to definitely introduce him to, into the show. Uh, Estefanos, are you here? I am here. How are you? Well, <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hi, uh, thank you much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited about chatting to you guys about fashion overview here. Yes. As Stefanos, you know, me and you have come a long way back. Um, and I want to congratulate you for all of your achievements so far from your fashion entrepreneurship to your modeling to your acting. Um, and I just want to say that this Amazonian model is, is quite gorgeous. So <laughs> I want to like give you the honors of introducing yourself to our audience. Um, before we continue to engage you on your thoughts around what we are expecting to see this year in the African fashion industry. Well, hello, Africa. Uh, again, I'm Estefanos Bertisamwa. I really don't like these sort of long introductions and all, you know, all the pomp and circumstance. But it's just me. I try to hide in the background, but it doesn't quite work out that way. Um, I have worked uh, as a fashion model for many years now. And as you well know, working as a fashion model, as a male model in Africa, it, there's not a whole lot of times you're going to eat from doing that. So it forces you to have many other... Uh, language uh, of tracks, as I call them, like I call our skills language tracks. So I developed uh, my skill set, you know, in, in, in the continent, rather, in the industry, working as, like, a fashion editor, working as a coordinator, uh, training other models as well to sort of enter the industry prepared, you know, for the front line of everything they would experience. So uh, I think being a model has taught me quite a lot, and it certainly has made me who I am, you know, now. It, it, it just sort of opened my horizons for the industry and uh, what a person could possibly do with a career in fashion. 
as far as with it, it's more Kim. Um, in in terms of you know where you think we're going to um, on you know with us being in Africa and with fashion and with fast um, fashion and you know with production and manufacturing. Do you think as predictions have have said like in 2040, you know that the fashion industry um, in Africa will become one of um, the most elite, you know, and seen as where the world um, now comes to Africa for, you know, in terms of inspiration and in terms of trends. Um, do you think that um, we 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 on path in terms of that? I really do think that we're on course uh, as a continent. I think the, the unfortunate thing is that we as Africans, uh, largely, we don't have the facilities to produce what the world is looking for, you know, as a whole. I'll say that it does exist, definitely exists there in South Africa. It does exist in Ethiopia. And you are seeing it, you know, in pockets. Um, I think collectively the continent must put our heads together how we're going to move together, you know, forward uh, together uh, and, and as one unit. To see this as one African fashion industry so that the world will view Africa as one, uh, if you will, epicenter of African fashion. But we definitely see now, especially here in the West, that many, many, many uh, designers are looking to the African continent for inspiration for their fashion collections and lines. Uh, and that's been happening for years on end now. With, you know, such uh, instances like Blisco or... Uh, you know, I just use them as an example, but I think the world over has really started to turn their head towards Africa and people are looking, they want to extract talent, they want to extract... Uh, um, cutting edge, you know, talent in terms of fashion design from the continent. But a lot of times people just simply say, we've never been there before, and there's no handle, per se, on the continent of Africa. Who do we even talk to on the ground? And a lot of times people are just not, um, they're just not uh, uh, well informed on who's who, you know, outside of your David Plyley's who showcased at your New York Fashion uh, Week, people just simply don't know uh, who to look for. And I think that may be the downfall of the West being kind of lazy, not willing to, to sort of dig for information. So it speaks to us as Africans in terms of what we need to do, what platforms that we need to create in order to sort of make our voice known uh, so that we could be known as, as, as players of note on the global scene of fashion. But I definitely think that we're on course for it. Um, tell us, Estefanos, a bit about, you, about the, um, the Fashion Life Tour. And also about the fashion mentor, because I know you're working on a couple of projects as well that are around being able to push the business of fashion in the continent. Right. Uh, I, you know, I, I did see some of the issues that I just pointed out in my last comment, and that it pushed me. It, it really pushed me because uh, being on the ground in South Africa, I was learning that a lot of our students in this would be our fashion design program we're not really being well-equipped, uh, you know, for the front line of the industry. Uh, if you look at the curriculum, and there were just certain things that the students are not learning. Design-wise, it's beautiful. Art, you know, for the sake of creating art, it's great and all. Uh, for the sake of having a voice in fashion, it was great. So what I created was um, my own sort of training seminar, if you will, for fashion models. It was the way it started as a fashion model life. And uh, then that developed with fashion, uh, edu- fashion education for coordinators as well. And then I thought, this isn't big enough. 
you know, I need to put together like a really nice pre-professional program where students could come in somewhat like a pressure cooker, you know, and um, go through the process of A to Z from grassroots level to working internationally in terms of, of educating them and preparing them for the industry. And um, one of the things that I was looking for was the design aspect of it. And I had a partner here out of uh, Miami, it was, with a, a program like The Fashion Mentor. But things sort of fell apart with our agreement together. And then I ran across my partner out of Botswana with The Fashion Mentor. So I was really, really surprised to find another person that was on the African continent that was um, specializing in educating designers specifically. And what we did was put our heads together to create Fashion Life Tour because we thought this is too great to only be relegated to one location in Africa and that everyone should have this information, everyone should have this experience because, uh, again, we have to move together collectively as one continent, True. as one voice in fashion. So, you know, we decided to create a tour and um, take this thing on the road. And so far, we've been getting great responses in terms of, uh, of reception. You know, people are thinking this is a great idea for Africa, for the better of the people. Estefanos, yeah. where where have you taken the tour so far? Like what cities or what, what, what place? Where have you taken it so far? Okay, well, the tour has not rolled out yet. Uh, this is the top of the year here. But we are planning to visit Ethiopia, South Africa, uh, Botswana, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. This is our first run. And, of course, with anything, you know, you have to see how it sort of plays out in the first run, and then we can say, uh, yes, we're going to continue to go into Africa with it. But uh, we're definitely looking for, you know, a great run of this tour. We've gotten, again, great responses in all of those nations from uh, designers, emerging designers, and those persons who just simply want to learn the ins and outs, the business aspect of the industry, and uh, put their names out there. So we, we are looking... For any partners, anyone who's interested in this, I, I would. The, the platform is just completely open to you. you know. Nice, it's nice. Um, where do you envision the African fashion industry um, this year, um, in a nutshell? Or what are you looking forward to? Or what sort of changes? What do you, what do you, what would you like to see this year happen, differently or happen? What I would, what I would love to see for the industry uh, is quite simple. I would love to see us create a network. Uh, amongst all artisans in all aspects, all job descriptions, if you will, around the industry, uh, for one, for us to have, as I said, a handle on the entire continent. Mm. Uh, if that's through creating like a database of artisans where you can say, I'm going to Nigeria, I need to know who's a photographer, who's a videographer, which designer should I speak to, mm. who has a model agency. I believe there should be like one platform where we can just Absolutely. Happen to whomever, wherever, in whatever circuit, you know. So I'm definitely willing to give myself over to helping to create this, but, you know, that, that's a massive undertaking and it takes cooperation from all of us collectively. Yes. But I Absolutely. think, you know, everyone, everyone sees that happening. Um, it, it's basically, if we're going to have a voice, you know, internationally or globally as, a, as one Africa, it necessitates it. So I believe everybody would be willing to do such. And why not? And I agree, and I think uh, it's going to so make, really, yeah, and I think it's also going to make us look more attractive to. as an industry. Yeah, and um, and for yeah. the rest of the world also to interest. see us as 
um, a continent and not a country. You know, because I think the rest of the world still sees us and views us as a country. <laughs> so it's true what you're saying. As I was, I was gonna say, I'm sure you've got, I'm sure you've got Dr. Brown or someone asking you how your country is doing in Africa, how the African country is doing. <laughs> so, oh my God, it's it's constant. Like, are you guys serious? Do you understand how many people there are? How many nations there are on the continent of Africa? It's absolutely uh, crazy. Yes, I think we should move together as one country, but I'm sorry, we're not, <laughs> not one country. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. You know, was... they, they, they break things down for themselves in that way. They think that we can even all speak to each other outside of the English language, you know? <laughs> like, oh, it's kind of, I know you're from Ethiopia, but this is my friend from Burundi. Well, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, he doesn't speak English. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brother, you go and ha- go ahead and educate them out there. You know that's all we can do is educate and don't be don't don't get angry. Don't do it with a smile. <laughs> be the ambassador, well, you know, the African true. ambassador, and do it with a smile. You know. I realize that people do sort of see you as the Rosetta Stone for the continent, you know, when you're, when you're away from the continent. It was hilarious. I was in the airport in New York City, and this lady approached me, and she said, Oh, my God, I love your jeans. Like, where did you get them? I said, From the Beatles store, you know? She said, oh, you mean the one on uh, Fifth Avenue? I said, No, the one in Johannesburg. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh my word, you came from South Africa and they have a diesel store? Like, I really thought everyone was still wearing glass skirts. So <laughs> it's crazy. It's how can our listeners, uh, um, listeners get a hold of you, you know, if they want to act with you on a one on one platform? Mm-hmm. Well, you can definitely find me all over social media these days. I think that's something that we as Africans have really found a hidden treasure in. Uh, and I'm I'm looking to exploit that as much as possible. You can find me on Instagram at Estefanos underscore fashion. Uh, you'll find me on Twitter under EST underscore Estefanos. And you'll find me also on Facebook. Uh, my full name is there. I know it's a bit long, but you guys know we're Africans and we have names, <laughs> names that are like the entire English alphabet, I tell you. But uh, Estefanos versus Samuel. Estefano, just quickly before you go, for the 2016 African Fashion Week, you know, that comes up in New York City, you know, what's your predictions in Mm -hmm. terms of, um, you know, how's it going to be? And, you know, is it something that's becoming more and more attractive, you know, to the world? I do believe it is something that's becoming more attractive to the world just because it is, um, it's like franchising up to different um, fashion capitals around the world, such as your London, Paris, um, Los Angeles, Miami even, uh-huh. specifically the one in New York. Yeah. I think, I think specifically the location, the, the, um, the, the, the showcase in New York will have great impact just because of the number of people that visit New York Fashion Week alone is just astronomical. I mean, uh, an estimated 50,000 people visit the city of New York for annual for fashion, uh, you know, in particular. So I think that platform has a great potency to impact the world with African fashion. And uh, the fact that they're opening the platform, you know, even more so than it was before to, to more emerging designers in the would-be fashion, African fashion category. So I would love to see that platform 
have a greater voice in the world of fashion. I think more people should exploit it, you know, from the continent. If they could manage to get the financial backing at least to come to the country here. Well, Stefanos, it's been great chatting with you, and obviously we look forward to uh, all of the good things that you're doing to contribute um, into this uh, fashion industry's growth. Um, good luck with everything, and we will be in touch. Have a lovely, a lovely day on your side. Brilliant. Thank you guys so Goodbye, much Stephanos. for having me here. It was wonderful. It was a pleasure. And enjoy your day further, ahead. All right. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Keeping it real. On cliffcentral.com. At Sibanya Gold, we believe leaders are made, not born. We also believe we can create a sustainable legacy by helping to develop tomorrow's leaders today. Which is why we have partnered with the Leadership Platform to nurture leaders who are committed to growing our country's economy. We are proud to say it's an initiative that's already showing glittering results. Sibanya Gold. We are one. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. All right, we are back after this little break. Uh, we've been talking to Estefanos Berta Samuel, who's based in New York, who's working on a fashion tour. Uh, it's called the Fashion Life Tour, and uh, he's also just building his brand as a fashion entrepreneur. So look out for him. Uh, we're going to be plugging in Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson, uh, and then we will be right back uh, with our other guests. Hi, everyone. This is Edgy. And you're listening to Echoes from New York. My company is Ilan and Wasi Incorporated. Um, we are based in New York. We're a boutique fashion services company. We manufacture and we develop collections for a number of designers here in New York. Of course, this gives us this amazing window through which we can see what's going on in the industry. We are always going to see first hand of always going to experience first what's going on in terms of trends and fabrics and colors and in silhouettes and I'm um, today I'm just going to share with you um, this view that I have this what I see from this window I know we are talking about 2016 and what we see for the fashion industry in Africa, for the fashion business generally in Africa for the year. And uh, I, I think we have plenty, um, plenty in store for us for the year. Here today in New York, we are working with a number of designers. We're working on the Fall 17 collections. We're developing those. And, you know, you see a number of things uh, in, terms of, um, in terms of the trends. You know, we are seeing a continuing trend in this boxy, slouchy coats and overall slouch in a lot of silhouettes. And then there are this, the color trends are a little bit, there is a shade of, that is, there's a shades of browns and, and grays. And then we have the royal blues and the, the purples that are continuing from last season. 
For us in Africa, I think the, the, the big thing is how do we relate to the industry outside? How, how are we competing in terms of our knowledge of or adherence to trends? Because the market is global, so we've got to be able to compete on a global, on a, on a global level. And that means we've got to have some, pay some respect or some um, attention to trends in colors and in fabrications. There's a lot of technology right now that's affecting fabrics and, and a lot of social issues that are affecting the fabrics and this, just a lot of things that have been affected in, in fashion by social issues and technology. And for us in Africa, it's to pay attention to these things so that we can do what designers all over the world are doing or trying to do and in that way we can compete and we're not looked upon as if oh this is a product that doesn't relate so on this segment really I'll be looking forward to sharing with you what I see from my window um, what the designers are doing and also looking to hear from you looking to hear your questions or what you have in mind um, so that we can together articulate a way to advance the industry at home. You know, little bits from you and little bits from me, we begin to form um, an op opinion that is not far away from what's going on outside. And then we can really compete because we have the talent, you know. The talent is there. It's just for us to work it and for us to be competitive with it and for us to really um, be industry adherent. I think it's, it's important. So I'm looking forward to us having some wonderful discussions on this show and, you know, overall just advancing the industry in Africa for 2016. That will be all from me for now and um, we'll talk again next week. Great, that was um, Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson. And now we're going straight to uh, have this conversation with our fashion duo, Raftang. Um, Bridget and Ludwig, are you on the line? It seems like they are not on the line. But in, in terms of what Edgy has just said, you know, and um, what his, his, his thoughts are concerning the fashion African industry, the overview for 2016. I think also he comes in, Liz, as a very important, um, factor and impact, you know, because he looks at, um, what's happening globally in terms of, you know, uh, the United States, European, and then how it affects us on the fashion African industry. I think also textiles is going to be something that is that that is massive big and that people is looking at you know in terms of mm. you know coming in and getting inspiration yeah he's definitely a guide so i think uh with this uh in with his uh weekly um contribution i think he'll also just be really trying to share with the continent what's really going on in the world and obviously yeah. what we could also do or what you know so i think it's just uh he's he's a little bit of a nice uh twang to have on the show and uh just to also um inspire us because right now i know currently for this year he's already working on 17 major brands already wow and he works with brands from concept all the way to production and sometimes distribution so it really depends but um 
We're going to be uh, continuing the conversation about, um, you know, where we see or where we envision the African fashion industry this year. And we're going to be talking to our guests uh, who will be joining us from Raftang, Bridget and Ludwig. Are we here? We are. Hi, Liz. Hi. Good afternoon, Bridget. <laughs> How are you? We're so good. How are you? We're good. We're thank very you. good. Thank you. Now, Bridget, well, well, yeah, welcome to the show, Ludwig. Welcome as well. And obviously, before I engage your minds around expectations on the African fashion industry, can we just talk a bit about Raftang? I mean, I know you continue to establish your brand via e-tail. You've also got, uh, you've moved also into the retail spaces. Um, I've obviously seen some of your beautiful work at the Bromwell, and I'm sure you're stocked in other places as well. Could you just share with, uh, with, with Africa and the world what you guys are actually doing with Raftang? Well, guys, I mean, we, we, we inherited an amazing brand from a guy who, who started in 1999 and it was a very niche business doing a lot of sort of very much occasion way driven. And we've taken this brand that really looks to dress the real woman. So we do all different types of body shapes. And uh, I think that's really where our heart is. You know, it's dressing those girls who have got families that are busy that have maybe sometimes lost their fashion mojo along the way. And, uh, you know, it's quite intimidating out there for a lot of girls because they're not quite sure fit style, how does it all work. There's a lot of information. And sometimes there's too much information overload. And our customer just needs to dial it down and, you know, feel comfortable in what she's wearing. So we've taken this very niche brand and we're trying to make it more mainstream, make it more commercial and more retail because we've got – an so we've got fantastic, you know, huge customer base in South Africa, and we've had a lot of interest in other parts of Africa as far as the Netherlands. Um, you know, boutiques, women who are from here who have, you know, taken businesses overseas, and there's definitely a market for, you know, for South African designers, African designers. In, in terms, of, it's it's more we care. In terms of, you know, you guys moving into the retail space and expanding and um, the brand in, into. Um, the retail space. Um, how, how has that been? You know, um, is it something you know that you can say it's 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 a good way to go and you know to motivate that you know more local designers should look at moving into retail space. I think we just lost them over there, Lizzie. Okay, well, <clears throat> obviously, um, there we will maybe try to plug them in again. Yeah, yeah, but um. Raftang is a very cool brand, I think. And um, I think also more with your question, I know it's not to me, but obviously I think every designer should be in the retail space. Otherwise, what are we doing as fashion brands? In, in terms of Lizzie, I mean, you an exclusive, yes, you are still in, in a retail <coughs> store, but at, to what capacity do you, would you think, you know, a local designer should stop to say that this is the capacity that I want to um, produce and, you know, and, 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 and hold your brand and own your brand instead of going into the mass market. Do you think is as that, a local, as a local designer, is it, is it, is it the way to go to go into the mass market? You know what I think? Retail is not necessarily mass. I mean, like, <clears throat> I'm stocked by a couple of the stores yeah. and boutiques and I've never, I, it's very, it's not mass at all. But like, hence I'm saying if, if you were invited to now join the Macy's group, and they enter I, the African. I think for me, even being in a store like Macy's to me is not, uh, it would not be a, ne it's not a negative thing. For example, 
first of all, if you're, if you as a designer say that this is enough, I've already got 20 stores stalking me, then you gotta be crazy because what are, why are you in business, you know? So it'd be interesting to hear from, um, uh, our guests, uh, Bridget and Ludwig, uh, uh, you know, continue the conversation. Obviously you posed the question. Uh, Bridget, are you here with us again? Yes, we we back. Hi, Velu. <laughs> I was trying to answer your question for you <laughs> as we waited to reconnect. But um, yeah, welcome back uh, onto the show. And obviously, uh, Morwick posed a question to you. Morwick, you want to take it over? So, Bridget, just in it, in in short, do you think it's 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 a good thing for local designers to look at um, entering um, the retail in? I mean, the retail industry. You know, stocking up, and in terms of going bigger, like. Mass, mass production. Is it a good thing for local designers to look at going into that route? Do you know what? I think it is a massive challenge. I mean, I know Ludwig and I both discuss this all the time. There's so much incredible local talent, and we have to get our quality and production right. So we can dream big, and you know, to be able to go into mass retail is fantastic. But you know, you've really got to have your foundations right, otherwise. You know, you lose the quality, you lose the control, and then customers don't buy from you. And with regards to, you know, having your own standalone stores on the retail side, yeah. I really love the fact that in South Africa, you know, like, like talk about the space or even online, you know, you're sitting amongst your contemporaries. We call them our competitors, which is a good thing because you're drawing the same customer base. So mm-hmm. I think that works for us now. But, you know, and to be able to get into the big chains, would be amazing and it's a pity that we don't have you know an african emporium in you know this local stutterfords or in all the big brands i know woolworths used to do it a while ago because there is huge talent and every time we know we part of the design in java or you just have to go to the cape town fashion council or see the emerging designers masses of talent but you know you've got to start somewhere and you know slowly slowly you've got to build your business Bridget, just in terms of, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm so curious because, you know, especially in Cape Town, you guys have, you know, a lot of, and, and quality CMTs down in Hoodstock. And, you know, why it, do you think there's even a problem at the CMTs? And to, and, and sorry, Bridget, to our audience, um, CMT is your cut, make and trim. That is where, you know, the clothing gets made in, in, in mass production. Um, do you think, um, the CMTs, there's a problem with local CMTs that's not producing um, the quality that is retail-ready needed? I think you have an an absolutely strong point there. I think that is the first thing that we, you know, we will trip trip up on as a business. It's constant quality control. Yeah. Come across, I mean, I'm going to actually hand this over to Ludwig because he's the technical side of our business and he's the, the master at making sure that, you know, our garments are constructed properly and it's an ongoing challenge. But, you know, you do, of all the CMTs that we use, and there are a lot of them, you see these little diamonds. And we've been working with, you know, one team where she was literally working out the back of her house. Yeah. And now she's just taken over a double massive studio space in Athlone, and her team has tripled in size. Wow. But, you know, she's, she, I think she's, they have a bit of support, but I think they could have more upskill. I think they could have more support from the industry because that is our biggest question mark is, how do we grow as local brands? And it mm-hmm. starts with your production. But I'm going to hand you to Ludwig because he's the guy to talk to. Yeah, I think... <laughs> um, hi, guys. Sorry. Hi. Ludwig. I think in the clothing factories, it is experience and it's also the knowledge. These women, 
are working in in these factories they are working for a salary they are working for for only what they know they don't know about the bigger things in life and i think if we teach and and you know get them involved in what they're actually doing for the designers i think that will slowly grow a a vision in the in the industry um I ignite find, that passion. You yes. ignite that passion from the ground up. Because yeah, I have a big, I have a big challenge with the factories because uh, Bridget and I design, and we we can do the most incredible things. But it is experience. Experience is lacking, and there is not enough financial support from um, all our uh, fashion councils or our government to help these factories, and um, actually just getting them to go. You know. Here's a small brand that's got a good good product. We need to not make 50 products or 50 units or 50 garments. We need to start making 5,000 units so that we can start exporting or get it up into Africa or start supplying suppliers like Woolworths. I was going to ask you, Ludwig, sorry to interrupt you. Um, what do you guys as Raftang, what are some of the things that you would say or some of the ways that you've been able to um, – just kind of um, move through the challenges like production, mm-hmm. nightmares, and still continue yeah. to build. And, and, you know, obviously it's a step-by-step baby steps, but you obviously have to be, something's working at, Ra- at Raftang, obviously. Yes. What, is, what is it that you can, what, how do you overcome some of these hiccups, especially the production hiccup? Uh, yeah. um, I'm just going to say keep it simple, stupid. Um, <laughs> because no, because what we do is we we've we've tried designing things, and we know that the factories battle with things like buttonholes and collars, and you know technical um, advanced clothing. So then we go, what do our what do our clients need, and what is very basic? So we keep it very easy in terms of construction, in terms of our fabric. We don't work with silks or chiffons because we know that the factories don't necessarily handle this. <laughs> and also in our game. Um, selling retail to mass buyers, we need to think of budgets and we need to think of how how cheap and you know cost effective cost effective we need to design. Yeah. Mm. Uh, if you've got a designer that that does bespoke garments or does a very high end, they might necessarily only sell ten units, so they can go to a factory that charges three four hundred rand a garment. Yeah. But as soon as you hit the mass market, we are looking at CMT prices between twenty five and thirty five rand. Which you can't get a lot of. <laughs> really. I was gonna say, show me the, show me, take us there, yeah, please. Yeah. And look, I, I think in yeah, terms, that, maybe we will one day. We'll take, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take you up on that. Don't I, worry. Look, I think in terms of you know local designers also educating brand new CMTs yeah. on a spec sheet. I think that is also just basic fundamentals to and really you, work and have that spec sheet so they know exactly you know how yeah. that garment needs to be constructed in terms of. Um, you know, detail in terms of centimeters of like everything when it comes to the garment. Yeah, exactly. And it's that attention to detail. So with the, the CMTs that we use, and we use three of them, we will go in every day if we have to. Mm-hmm. And Ludwig will upskill with regards to the technicals of how you sew it. And he will sit and do it with them. Yeah. So there he is sitting with the girl saying, this is how you have yeah. to do it. Now you do it and show me what you've done. Yeah. We, you know, and then we there, exactly. So we, we, we involve them in the entire process from end to end. And then at, at our Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, we invited the core people of our CMT teams to come to the show. So they came backstage with us. Then they managed to go and watch it and be proud to say that that's our, those are our clothes coming down that ramp. Wow. And that thing that's it's so empowering. Okay. That is so empowering. 
for them. They've blown well. away. I mean, I've got, I've got goosebumps telling you, even our cutter, who is this amazing man who is so busy and so inundated. And, you know, it's again, it's the whole process of if that's not cut correctly, the ladies can't sew it properly. So the entire process, these guys were literally like, we had, it was the best time. And just to see what you put back, you will get out of it. But it's an ongoing challenge and it's not going to go away. But you've got to invest in your people. Wow, Bridget. And one last question for you guys. Um, we've got the last segment we're going to do together. Who would you want to address and why? So just think about it, Ludwig, as well. And okay. uh, I just want to find out from you guys, where, what do you envision for the African fashion industry this year? Or what would you like to see happen this year in our industry? Do you know what? I think it's a, there's a recession out there. And I think business is going to be tough, um, generally worldwide from a retail perspective. Mm-hmm. We have to stand true to the talent. You've got to acknowledge that, you know, as African designers, we've got something special that the the world clearly like. So keep it consistent. Keep slugging away. Keep investing in your people. Keep trying to keep it local. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, you've got to stay true to your brand. And you also have to support each other. So as designers... We have to work together. So if I have a great CMT, I'm going to share it with you. Yeah. And you know where Absolutely. to get incredible textiles and locals. Share it with us. Let's talk more. Thank and you. that's the way we're going to drive it together as, you know, as a, as a, as a design, design, designers across the board. I, I, we really believe that. Absolutely. Thank you. We need a, we need like at least a hundred of the Bridgets and a hundred of the Ludwigs <laughs> around to also make things different. But how can our listeners connect with you guys? No, it's awesome. How can our listeners um, connect with you on oh. social media or on, on however way? You can get us on Instagram, um, on Rough Tongue, and on Facebook. And on, then obviously on Facebook. I mean, that's, again, you know, being a new brand, we haven't got the beautiful websites, but Facebook does a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so that'll be, we in phase one Rough Tongue. Soon it'll be Rough Tongue World Domination. So. You know, <laughs> That's the way to think. Yeah, all our information is on our Facebook page, all our emails. I mean, our cell phone numbers are up there. So if you want to phone me to ask me, you know, Ludwig, how do you draft a collar and where can I get the best fabric to do it? Phone me and I'll tell you. Wow. I have wow. People. Thank you very that is what much. We need. Thank that you, is guys. What we need. Before we let you go, um, who would you want to dress and why? And we're just going to take it around the table. Let's just <laughs> pretend we're sitting on one table. And maybe we're going to start with Ludwig. Um, just a name of someone you think you want to dress and why. It could be a good reason, bad reason. We don't really... <laughs> we don't mind. <laughs> um, you know, it's very, hard, it's very hard for me to say who, who do you want to dress... Um, as a single person, because I mean, you, I didn't have much time to think of that. But one of the amazing Academy of Stars is uh, is Lapito, and uh, purely because she's so gorgeous, she's taking the the oh, that's the skin. Yeah, <laughs> she's that's a skin. she has a vision. Um, taking the African and just just sh- across the world, showing how beautiful we really are. All right, Bridget. Oh, this is such a tough one. Don't deny one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. Um, do you know what? I think, I don't know, Liv, you're gonna help me on this one. We get asked this all the time. (laughs) Yeah, and I think locally, we, we are completely madly in love with Bonnie and Booley. She is too beautiful and she's, she epitomizes the rough tongue woman. She's your modern woman. She's got kids. She's got a crazy working schedule. She is the nicest person alive. 
And, you know, she's got a normal bod. You know, not only is she beautiful, but she's a normal, got a woman, you know, normal shape. She's not, you know, too thin, too large. She's got this great, great body. And she's got sass. And she's, got, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, yeah, so from a local perspective, Bunny is our girl. We love her. Nice. 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 Lizzie, from your side? Uh, from my side, I think I want to dress to Raji P, Madame Cookie herself. Oh. Because, <laughs> um, she's been very, I mean, like, I've been watching Empire a bit. I actually promised this holiday that I would watch the whole, cause I, I don't really watch TV, but yeah. I like to imagine that when I have a week downtime, I can actually plug in for 24 hours each day and finish watching this thing mm-hmm. so I can take them out of my way. Yeah. And I just did watch a bit of it and I thought, my gosh, this woman, I mean, like, yes, she's been around for 20 years, but it's like she just has this she new arrived. glow and new, it's like she just got a rebirth and, yeah. and she is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So I would want to dress her. She's just perfect for what I do. So I want to dress. I'm very excited for SA Men's Fashion Week that's coming up in February. <laughs> and I really oh, want to dress a few people, especially some of the Cape Town folk, and prepare them for the SA Men's Fashion Week. So that is who I want to dress, Lizzie. Who the do masses. you want to dress? Cape Town. The Cape Townians. <laughs> are, you jo- are, you, are you trying to say something to Bridget and Ludwig? Are you trying to put... No, you want no, to light a fire? No. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> You're my direction, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ginger, you've ever met. Dress me, and I'll I'll wear it every day. <laughs> thank guys, you so thank much, you so guys. much for joining us. Um, no, thank nice. you so much for having us. Thank, awesome. thank you, and to all our listeners, thank you for joining in. You can connect with us uh, further on Twitter at fashionlabaf, and we are also on www.fashionlabafrica.com. That is where we hold it down, and here, right here on Cliff Central, every Thursday, one Absolutely. to two p.m. Central African time. Peace and love. Peace and love. Ciao, ciao. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com.